All right, we're here. This is the first installment of our new podcast. My name is Alex, Alex Wilson, and I'm here with my stepmom, Irma Wilson. Hi, and, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, it's May 29th, 2021. So this is the beginning of hopefully a long and great journey. And this podcast is called Generational Gap. Um, obviously, I'm with my stepmom, so there's, you know, I'm one generation under. She's a woman. Obviously, I'm a guy. So we have two very different perspectives. And uh, the goal of our podcast, this is a podcast about life, and the goal of it is to kind of expose at least a tiny bit of the human t- condition through you know sharing anecdotes honest thoughts stories reflection and we want to we, we don't we want we're going to get a little deep but we want to kind of have fun and, have fun yes know, that's important keep it light as well um so we're going to hop right into it um our first segment is an experiment on intersectionality we are going to i think this is a great way to kind of start off our podcast we're going to um explain our co-hosts to the audience all right so i can start if you like but first before before we do that um i guess i should talk about intersectionality a little bit first um This is like, are you familiar with intersectionality? No, give me your description. Okay, so intersectionality is a term that came up. It's it's like kind of a liberal term, to be honest, but it is a term that came up, I think, in like 1990 or 89 or something like that. And uh, the reason I thought about this and the reason it came up is because we literally just had a training on it at work. And we were all kind of blindsided because we thought it was going to be like a training about summer camp or something like that. And then it's like an hour and a half training on intersectionality, which is um, basically like it's the the theory that like one person, each individual has a, several different identities, right? So your age, your gender, your sex, whatever, however you identify, um, and there are different times where one identity kind of like resonates with us more, but basically all these identities, you know, intertwine and intersect. And that's what kind of makes us each so specific or individual. Unique. Unique, exactly. Um, But I think the main thing with it is um, with intersectionality, most of us, we we might identify with one thing with, with with one characteristic, like say I maybe I identify with being in my twenties or something like that. If I if I work in a field or something where I'm surrounded by older people and I'm like the young guy, so maybe I identify more with that than anything else. But the world doesn't necessarily see me like that, and people judge me. Maybe people might judge me a certain way, maybe because I'm black or because for whatever. But in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm young, and that's how I identify mainly. And that's just an example. That's not necessarily (laughs) my situation. Um, But basically, 
the reason I wanted to start off with this is because uh, I think it's a it's a cool ex experiment we can do um, where we're kind of bas basically logging. Um, we're logging to the audience and slowly kind of revealing ourselves to the audience where they know so little about us. And even even me and you, like we we know each other. And you've known me for most of my life. Yeah. But even still, there's so many facets of me that you have no clue about. There's Absolutely. so many elements and likewise. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wanted to kind of start off with this and explain you to the audience. Have you explained me to the audience so we can record through having several sessions how much we learn about each other about each other and to kind of illustrate, you know, how little we know about people in general and what we judge on. Um, so that was a little bit of, my, of a mouthful, but <laughs> <laughs> that's some good stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get started. Okay. Um, and I said in our in our thing, I said to explain your co-host's life story, but you don't have to do the life story. You can just explain the person. Okay. So I'm doing you. You're doing me. Yeah, and I'll go first. Okay. Okay. So Irma is um the the main thing that sticks out to to me about you is it's just you know the part of you that's an immigrant you come from haiti um you have three you have three kids you come from a, a somewhat big family mm -hmm. and uh, and oh here's a, here's the other part about this all right so you can't correct me at all like, if I say something completely incorrect, even if it's something about a fact, like, even if it's a factual thing, mm -hmm. you can't correct me. Okay. Right? <laughs> For this particular thing. Because okay. this is part of, like, I want to show you how the outside world views you and vice versa. Okay. All right. Um, so, I think, now I'm going to be guessing right here. I think you have... Uh, Six siblings. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm glad you. I can't correct. Uh, all right, uh, six, and this is my stepmom. So I do know, like I know her, but there's so many things I don't know. Um, all right, I'm going go with six siblings. You, I know you grew up like. Well, you grew up in Haiti, so it was an agrarian lifestyle. You talked. I know that you. Um, I think you lived on, on a farm. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but on a farm, um, you told me stories about like, you know, killing your dinner and things like that. Um, then when you come here, I'm assuming you moved straight to New York, not New York City, but New York like state. I think you did maybe some school something Syracuse I'm remembering um you met my father in uh hospital I think y'all were both working at the hospital I think I could be wrong you can't correct me <laughs> you can't correct me um and <laughs> and then and so you had you had two kids you had two kids when I met you, and then of course you had you added another addition. Then as things go on, you 
with the family. So there was some struggle with the family. He had a son get arrested. He's back. He's back with us. Um, and, you know, several other things, just the, the normal things that you kind of deal with with teenagers and uh, kids growing up. Sometimes uh, with with the neighborhoods changing and things like that, they got kind of get caught up. And you, I, you did a great job dealing with those sort of things, I felt. Um, more about your personality, I feel that you're, well, first of all, you're a great cook. That's not necessarily personality, but great cook. Um, you're soft-spoken, but you do, but you are a fun lover. That's what I'll say. You love, you like a great party. Um, I know you did some, like, party planning, maybe interior Decorating, sort of. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's <laughs> but party planning for sure. Maybe a little catering, um, and I could be missing. I could be missing some big things, but I think I want to wrap it up there. All right. Um, all right now. It's your t- not not to not to it's your turn. You can correct me on anything, so you're not explaining me yet. Okay. You're gonna go back. Tell me what you felt, what descriptions you felt were way off, what you were surprised about, what you thought maybe fit how you feel about yourself. And I think you pretty much got it right on the money. Pretty much. Really. Yes. Um, Even with the the six siblings, yeah. You got six siblings. Yeah. I had to make sure <laughs> my finger. I never really took the time to count them, but because my family is so, it, it's like the Madden family. The, right. The, it's it's complicated. It's not all like. Yeah, it's right. like my mother had a set of kids with my dad. My dad remarried and had a set of kids, and she, my mother remarried and has another set of kids. Mm-hmm. So. I'm very it's, surprised. It's, it's <laughs> very a lot of us. Okay. Um, so that was that. My your dad and I met at a hotel. Okay. When we were working at the hotel, I think that's about all. I, see, I thought y'all were working at a. That makes that honestly. That I'm, I don't know why I even made that mistake because I knew y'all met each other working together. Yeah. And I was confusing. Because, you know, he used to work at Graduate Hospital. Right. So I should have known he never worked at a, another hospital. but Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, we met at the Hilton Hotel in Woodcliffe Lake, which is close to New York, where, I, where I, when I came to America, I came to Spring Valley, New York. Okay. Um, and Woodcliffe Lake, it's like New Jersey's border with New York. Okay. So he came to work at that hotel, and that's where we met. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you were right on the money. I, got a good memory, guys. <laughs> I actually have a terrible memory. But, but I am... he's, he's another thing. He's another one that I kind of picked up because my children, <laughs> mm-hmm. they just cringe when I start yelling. So I'm okay. not always soft spoken. Okay, yeah. I, so I do know that. But here's the thing, though. Here's a, you're you are you're not always soft spoken. When you you do have a like a boisterous mm-hmm. like 
you can project really well, but I feel that your your personality you're typically soft spoken. Yeah, I go toward the calm. Right, it's a little you know when you get into your parenting personality. It's a little different. That's, yeah, I feel like that's going to be different with everyone. I'm I'm still surprised because us Haitian mm-hmm. we express ourselves with such passion. Okay. Often people would say to us, why are you mad at each other? And meanwhile, we're telling a fun story, but we get into character and then (laughs) describe it real hard. And and we have a crazy sense of humor. Okay. How so? Um, Say, for example... um, you know, we see somebody, like, when I was in high school, I had some crazy friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a girlfriend, and we got we sat on a bus one time, and she starts screaming, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm thinking something's wrong. Nothing was wrong. I said, what's wrong? And she, everybody's freaking out, like, why is she screaming mm-hmm. like this? She said, this man is so ugly, he scared me. <laughs> forget that story because it is so mean yet I was laughing so hard <laughs> so could the guy hear yes what yes <laughs> but he we were exiting when she finally said it okay okay um so we left the bus and the guys looking at us and you know cur- <laughs> throwing the middle finger and everything and I'm oh my god I said, oh, my God, I have to, I, I can't hang out with y'all no more. <laughs> you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> yes, you're going to get me beat up. So that's how our sense of humor can, and then we don't take anything, you know, too serious without. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's our background, how passionate we can be about life. Okay. And let me ask you, um, just in terms of, like, the intersectionality aspect, is there, um, is there a particular characteristic about you that you identify most with? Like, would you say maybe your age, your, your gender, um, where you come from, where you live now, maybe? Or I think it's my... Or your job, even? I think, personally, I think I love everything feminine, everything okay. women. That's how I identify. I think there's such power, and we have the flexibility to mood swing if you want to. And yeah. we have the um, <laughs> change our mind. Today we want this. Tomorrow we might want this. Right. So it's every woman I've met. <laughs> So it, we got to a point where we don't apologize for it anymore. We just embrace it. Right. You know? Right. I think that's good. Yeah. So that's one thing. But there are times where, depending on the environment, so if I'm at work, mm-hmm. I identify with being professional more than anything. I'm a professional. Um, and it starts in the morning when I'm getting ready. Yeah. Um, the minute I... I Put on my lipstick and spray this perfume. I still carry my femininity with me, mm-hmm. but in a professional, I would not. We um, 
I cannot get to work and not dress appropriately because throughout my career, you know, people don't take women serious enough. So if you slack and show up showing cleavage and, you know, you risk the not being taken seriously. And I cannot afford to do that. Yes, I I definitely understand that. So... You feel that your that thought process comes with your uh, connect, your identity of being a woman and how women are treated in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and that makes honestly that makes perfect sense. I like that you mentioned the professional part as well. And it's funny because when we the whole reason I got this idea was. <laughs> When we were sitting on the couch with India mm-hmm. and <laughs> freaking out about how she's going to uh-huh. be misindependent and loving and caring. Right. And but when you were talking to her, like I was like, yo, this is first of all, it was super entertaining. First of all. <laughs> it was super entertaining. But it was also just like a lot of great advice. And you do have like the way you give advice. You do give it in such a good way. And, um, well, one thing I forgot to mention is Irma is an author. Um, so there's part of that. You, you had a lot in your bag. You, know you had a lot um, to kind of just pull from, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and you, so that conversation or that, I don't even that session, I want to call it, <laughs> with India is really what kind of gave me this idea. And I wanted to kind of give you some more scenarios, basically, to to work through and see if you can kind of recreate the magic. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's not always possible. But one thing I know right. for sure, when you said that, I said, I am so honored. My son wants to work with me and talk mm-hmm. to me. You know, it's, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's a wonderful <laughs> thing. <laughs> Well, it's mutual. Mm-hmm. So let's not, uh, let's get on with it. Let's get on with to, it. We don't want to make it too much of a love <laughs> All right. Um, now, so it is now your turn. You have to describe me to the audience. You can do it kind of in a, however you want to do it. If you want to do it like life story or if you just want to do, describe character traits or personality, you can do that. But as, same way I can't interrupt or correct you with anything until you're finished. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take it from the beginning. Okay. Um, when I first started dating your dad. Um, I already know where this is. I already <laughs> know where this is going. And my roommate, Becca, is in here. And she's about to find out. So much. <laughs> And, you know, he has three kids. And one thing about your father is um, he loves you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had this big event at work. Um, I don't think we were dating yet, but he said he has to go. And um, our boss at the time, we were both both in leadership. Mm-hmm. Um where the hotel expects you to give your life to them. Um, Our boss at the time says, what do you mean you have to go? He says, my daughter just fell off a monkey, something, and broke her tooth. And I'm leaving. 
Wow. I said, okay, the man is leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the whole time, the whole, for a good year, people were telling me, that, you know, Michael really likes you. I didn't mm-hmm. even, I wasn't even sure quite who Michael was. Okay. Um, but he made an impression on me that day. Mm-hmm. Not with his um, um, awkward conversation that he tried before. Um, <laughs> oh God! Um, but needless to say, I'm like, oh my God, he really loves his kids, and yeah. you can tell that he talks about his children. Mm-hmm. Um, so fast forward a few years when I when I met you guys, and um, my first summer. In Philly, um, there was a time, I think I was pregnant with Isaiah, and all of you guys were at the house. Okay. And it, it and the cousins keep trickling in. It's like a house full of children at all times. Mm-hmm. It was so overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't handle my two by myself. Yeah. Now I have 20. <laughs> Needless to say, um, you guys are good kids. Mm-hmm. You guys were always wonderful, respectful children. And it makes it a little easier. Yeah. Um, and I appreciated it. And to go with you specifically, I always thought you were the more cuddly one because you would be laying with your dad in that bed. <laughs> Just just smooching. Mm-hmm. I have to make room sometimes, move you to the side a little bit <laughs> to get some, <laughs> some of my time in. Um, so you were attached to the hip yeah, with your I father. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the other ones would come in and you very, not always, not as rowdy as Jacob. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, you were a more serious child, and you still are today. Okay. I said that the other day. I uh-huh. said, you know why he is the most clean cut guy. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. You cannot, comment. right? <laughs> <laughs> so I thought you were very clean cut, very quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, your twin sister was. She can be very loud. I've mm-hmm. never seen you raise your voice. Okay. Right. So. That's who I see Alex to be. I don't believe you have tattoos. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, okay. <laughs> so every time I look at my daughter coming through the door with a whole bunch of tattoos, I said, oh, my God, Alexis, please, with these tattoos. And they grow and they keep coming. And But that's besides the point. So the, mm-hmm. when I think about you, this is what, to a point where... I said, you know what? I don't think I've ever had a date with you mm-hmm. because I tried to. I've had dates with Alexis a lot because, of course, she's a girl right. and she, it's you know, let's come along. Um, I don't think I've had dates with you. That's number one. Many more to come. Many more to come. <laughs> <laughs> but the other day at, at Mina's house, when we all were there, mm-hmm. um. I said, I need a date with my son. Look at him. He's so clean cut. You know, I like a good clean cut guy. But having said that, 
this is how you, your spirit is very calm, very loving, very respectful. Ooh, this is I like what that. I think about when I think about you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can't, all of, the, all of that was great to hear first. There, the, the one correction I would make is the serious part mm. because and I think a lot of people do see I think a lot of people do see me as a very serious person just and be and I think that's because like you know I don't really I don't smoke I don't have tattoos um I do try like I, I feel that I have like a lot of discipline mm -hmm. and that's due to baseball that's another yeah. piece yes. that I didn't mention mm -hmm. um I think your father was devastated when you said you didn't want to play baseball anymore. Really? <laughs> oh my God! I said if somebody don't play baseball professionally, so <laughs> so I told Isaiah, you need to do something. Alice says yeah. it's not doing it no more. But however, <laughs> I think baseball is what gives you all the discipline. I think so too. Um, when the kids were partying and playing, and you were going you were traveling with your baseball team you always mm -hmm. baseball for a long time everybody had a job and yeah um you didn't and people <laughs> made comment well how come alex can't work michael <laughs> says because he's playing baseball <laughs> and it was just okay with them <laughs> so that was one piece I, that's a big piece i dare i yeah, leave it yeah, out that's a very big part yeah it was a huge part of my life yes um so yes, there's the baseball, the baseball thing. Well, baseball was my best sport and it was where I got like scholarships and all that stuff from. So it was a really big part of my life, obviously. But I, I would say sports in general mm -hmm. was like my life basically growing up. So, but to get back to the serious part, I think um, I have a lot of discipline and I do have like these goals that kind that people kind of see like when I was when I like on my diet if I I was vegan for three years so people see that and they're like oh my goodness this dude like is really serious you know what I mean He's serious about these things or um, with the type of jobs I do whatever um, people always think that I'm serious but once you kind of if you hang around me. Like Becca knows this, I am the least serious person there is. And I am always, I'm always joking. A lot of times I like joke too much. I'm a, a habitual line stepper. I'm always stepping over the line. Mm. And people don't know that about me. <laughs> <laughs> people don't know that I about sure me. I sure did not know that about <laughs> you. I will have yet to see it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, people, I think a lot of times are kind of surprised. Um, if, they, if they hang around me a lot, I think sometimes people are a little bit surprised at some of the stuff that I say. Because <laughs> <laughs> it can get pretty bad. But as far as the intersectionality aspect of, of this segment, I think... Uh, even even still, I think one of the main things that I identify with is being an athlete, which is um, why I still work out as often as I do. 
um, the type of jobs that I the type of jobs that I go for always have usually have like some sort of connection with athletics or at least being you know physical or, or mobile or whatever um, so I think that's that's one of the big ones that 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 really even when I when I talk to people like a lot of times if if I go to a bar or something like I'll tr- I'll bring up sports you know on the TV or whatever so I'm not surprised yeah there's that <laughs> and then I would say second probably probably my race probably being black you know it's just especially like you know just being in America or living living in a place that's so multiracial and a lot of people that's the main thing that they that's the main thing they judge you on because that's the only thing they know about you sometimes you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but i'm not the i'm not like a black person that you will look at and assume is like uh a gangster or anything like that you know so that's an element of it yeah. but yeah i think um as we go on i think uh we'll kind of be able to see we'll kind of be able to see these things that we're talking about that we didn't necessarily pick up about each other mm-hmm. start to stand out a little more. So that's true. It's a successful, a successful segment one, and we're going to move on to the next part. Um, this next segment is relationship advice. Are you ready? Mm. We got a couple of things that we're going to hash out right here. This is relationship advice from two different generations two different um, genders as well. So it's going it, it could get interesting. It will get interesting. <laughs> All right. <laughs> as I mentioned before, like I want to bring I want to bring back that conversation that you're having with India. And one thing India's my cousin by the way. The one thing that kind of stood out to me was you you spoke a lot about introspection. And there were a couple of things you said, like, you know, you said, like, our parents fuck us up. Um, <laughs> you remember <it's>, that. <laughs> you said, you know, well, because basically you were saying, like, I can't remember exactly what she was saying, but you were kind of pointing out to her that you're only looking at the, the guy's faults. You're not. It might be his fault, but you still have to be introspective to some degree and understand that your faults aren't necessarily your fault exactly your faults aren't necessarily your fault it's just your upbringing because there's no no such thing as perfect parent right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so i would like you to kind of um just talk about introspection a little bit and how you think that affects your like your current relationships or people in general you know people's relationships in Mm -hmm. general well, and if you do have any specific anecdotes or examples, okay. obviously feel free to share. Absolutely. Um, relationships in general um, starts from the womb. Mm. Can you believe it? That's where it starts. I, can, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. That's where it starts when two people decided, two flawed people decide to get together 
um, whether it's by accident or planned, you have a child mm -hmm. together. Um, feelings is being communicated through the baby, through you mm -hmm. to the baby. Right. So if that baby is not wanted, if that baby is not loved, mm -hmm. it starts right there. Right. Um, the baby can be wanted by one parent and not the other. Mm -hmm. All these feelings, this is why people talk about vibe, people talk about um, a lot of spiritual stuff. Right. Um, I do think it is a miracle, the making of a baby. And then everything that the mother and the father, and I have a friend who used to say to me, one child comes from four different parents sets. Ooh. Because you're... That makes sense. I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> I know where you're going, but elaborate. Mother has mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Father has mom and dad. Mm -hmm. So that's four sets of parents that right. made your parents. Mm -hmm. That made you. Right. <laughs> So it it gets it can get complicated. Right. Um, professionals used to say that when you're pregnant, try to stay happy, try to be happy, listen to classical music to soothe the mm. tone. Um, you know, pamper yourself. People right. tend to want to pamper themselves when they're pregnant because their hormones is going to, and you need to remain calm. Mm -hmm. To help the fittest to grow, um, to grow strong. Beyonce had a miscarriage, and she says it's because uh, of the chaos that was between their relationship. That's why the baby didn't stay. Was that uh, was that after her other kids or before? Before her oh, other wow. kids, she had miscarriages. And I did not know that. And she says, "I feel that's because we weren't right." Right. The baby didn't feel like I can stay here. But that's that's a whole different level of stuff. <laughs> Fast forward when the baby's born, Oprah just has a book out that's um she co-author with someone and it says, I think it's called What Happened to You. Okay. Because when the baby's born, my old school parents used to tell me if the baby's fed She's the baby's clean, the baby's taken care of. Mm -hmm. The baby wants to cry, let the baby cry. I'm with you, I'm with you on that. Let Me and Becca have uh different theories about this. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the specialist, the psychiatrist, the Oprah's of the world mm -hmm. says, Not so. Mm -hmm. You pick up the baby as much as you. The, every time the baby needs to be picked up, okay. that's how you bond. That's how you create trust mm -hmm. in that baby. Every time something's wrong, somebody's attending to me. That creates trust. It could also spoil the baby. There's no such thing as spoil. Okay. There's no such thing as too much love. That's fair. Okay. That's According to the specialist, okay. there's no such thing as too much trust. Now, having my own first child, who's Jamal, mm -hmm. every three o'clock, he would be screaming from the top of his lungs. Oh, man. My mother says, let him cry. Mm -hmm. 
I said, I can take it. Mm -hmm. So every, <laughs> everybody in the world, my sisters, my cousins would come and mm -hmm. play with the baby, mm -hmm. take them for a drive to soothe them. Right. So that's another thing, your village. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that I learned, babies needs consistency. Yeah. That I didn't have. Okay. So a lot of the things that I'm going to talk Zan, about. You, you, you didn't have that as a baby or Jamal or your kids? Both. Both? Okay. Both. Um, I'm going to talk a lot on my, what I've learned over the years okay. from my personal life and what I can see and what I study. All right. So I like science. I like, I like science. God, I combine everything. Yes. Right. Um, so... Like I said, I didn't have the ability to just stay home with Jamal to mm -hmm. provide this consistency that they need. Right. Um, being a hotel manager at the time, if there's a position in one city, and that's how I met your father, mm -hmm. I drop everything and go for that position right. because guess what? I need to that's support my child. Mm -hmm. And I need to I need to be able to I wanted it all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it all. I wanted to be successful mm -hmm. in my career. I wanted to be a successful mom. Okay. So can can it happen? Maybe not at the same time, yeah. which is the mistake that I made, thinking that I could have it all at the same time. Okay. Um, so having said that, I move and move and move and move. We were in Florida, we Miami, we in Orlando, we back to New York, we went to Syracuse with a child that has different people taking care of them, yeah. different daycares, and so it life is not stable under right. his feet. Okay, didn't know anything about that, <laughs> <laughs> but we carry through. Right. Um, and another misconception is babies would adapt to anything. They don't. Really? No. That's how I feel. They don't. They carry all these things with them all through their life. That okay. that mistrust mm -hmm. from the womb. Right. When they cry and you didn't pick them up, mm -hmm. very angry. It happens. Still there at 25. Something whatever, years yeah. later. <laughs> so having said that, here we are, Floyd. Don't want to accept that we are flawed, that we're not perfect, and we right. go into a relationship with somebody and expect the person to do everything so perfectly, and this is what life is all about. Let I say to everybody, just let's throw everything that you think life is about, throw it out yeah. and start fresh. Okay. Clean slate. Okay. Um, when I met your dad, when our relationship became very serious. I realized how laid back the man was. Mm -hmm. If I'm going for something I wanted, I do it. I, mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. it's like, mm -mm. exact opposite. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> relax. I couldn't believe it. I, I think sometimes <laughs> I even sabotage our relationship mm -hmm. because I couldn't believe this man was so relaxed. So, oh, that's what you want. You want to go? Go ahead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What? <laughs> so, 
it got to a point where I said, okay, like, this is a different man here. Yeah. That's not the type of man that I'm used to dating right. or used to seeing. Mm-hmm. I had to let go of what I knew for sure from the beginning, mm-hmm. from my past life, yeah. in order for me to deal with them now. Right. <laughs> or I could have just leave. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've lived before. I, it's, I have no problem leaving, but mm. when you there's a time where you come into your life and people are saying, "So why did you stay? Why did you leave? Why didn't you leave? Mm. You leave so much, and it's like, okay, I leave for this issue. I go here. There's another, there's another issue. issue. It's a different issue. Mm-hmm. It's always going so right. It takes courage to work on a relationship. Yeah. We're gonna get to. We have a segment about that later, or a question about that later. Um, and we're going to really get into that, but it's coming up. <laughs> it's coming up. It's coming uh, up. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with a lot of that. Um, I think I, I love talking about like introspection and, and accountability and stuff like that. Accountability is almost a word that's like, it's almost taboo to use now because people, in my opinion, like, or, or especially in politics, if you use the word like accountability, people associate you with like a, a, a conservative or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do get it. Like I get why they do that, but they a lot of times they take away from you know how beneficial the idea can be. Um, but obviously, with introspection and accountability. The things that, what it does is it'll, it allow you to go back and look at things, mm-hmm. and although with accountability you're blaming, you're kind of blaming yourself for something, but you're acknowledge like you're acknowledging that these things exist and acknowledging that you have some control in changing it in the future. Absolutely. So if you don't do that introspection, or if you don't say accept responsibility for something, even if you know, even if it's not necessarily your fault because it's just a habit you learn from your parents or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's fine, but accept that. Accept that it's the results that happen are something that happened because of things that you did or a habits that you that have. You right. Yes. And when you do that, like I said, it just allows you to acknowledge it and acknowledge that you have control and that things can change in the future if you like them to. Absolutely. Um, we're going to move on here. We're going to get into some uh, gender role questions. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to have this. I got a feeling a couple of these will be a little fun. So pop culture indicates how gender roles are changing, specifically for women. They are changed for guys too, but um, women in pop culture are basically you know, a lot more pr- provocative and open about their sexuality. You see, you know, uh, Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, Magnus, all these, especially in music and music videos and things like that. Mm-hmm. But then you talk about Instagram. You got OnlyFans now, which is blowing up. You got all these other things where it's just like, um, you know, obviously 30 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago, most of the stuff absolutely wouldn't have been um, okay Mainstream. in society, right? Yes. So I want to know, 
you know, and and this is a generational gap thing. So I think it's a great thing to bring up. How do you how do you feel about this? Do you view it as a good thing or a bad thing, and why? Um, you know, I never want to say whether something is good or bad. Okay. I think that's the Gemini on me because I always I look at life with two lens. Yeah. Uh, um, two different lens. Okay, this is the good thing in this, and this is the bad thing mm-hmm. in this. Um, so most of the time I'm in the middle. Okay. Um, one thing I love about this generation, um, the millennials, we call mm-hmm. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are bold. You guys know what you want. You guys go after what you want. Mm -hmm. Regardless of all the talks that's around you telling you, oh, this is wrong. Oh, oh, you're going to do this. I love the fact that you guys are so headstrong. And I wish we had the ability to do that. Okay. Um, I've seen it in the workplace. You guys come in. I remember when Alexis was looking for a job. Mm-hmm. I said, well, after she graduated, I said, well, Lex, you can go somewhere and volunteer in the meantime. She says, absolutely not. <laughs> 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 absolutely not. I will not go volunteer nowhere. And I know going to volunteer <laughs> in, when I wanted... To... Yes. Right. I wanted to change my career from... Yeah. Hotels. I said I need a more steady uh, career, and I see the hospital would provide that for me. So I go and volunteer into the hospital. Mm-hmm. She and I landed the job. Mm-hmm. I landed. They literally within weeks tells me, "Can you need a job?" Yeah, you know. Right. So she said no, and she stick to it and took her time and looked for the job that she wanted to. Mm-hmm. And this is how she. So I have a lot of respects for you guys for that. And that goes with everything, the sexualities, right. the, the, the professional life, the personal life. That's something we, I mm-hmm. wish my generation would have the courage to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when, I, when I see women, let me give you a little background about my upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um. My father was a very, very strict man. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't dare. We wore shorts, but going out with them and going to school, there's a way to be. You don't, you know, he was military. Right. Dancing with the slightest sexuality hints in it would Freak, it, freak him out and send me to my room for a year. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're supposed to be modest. You're supposed to be as a young lady. Right. And it's all good. It's good training to have. But not everybody's meant to be modest. Right. Not everybody's has the personality for modesty. I think parenting would mean, okay, I like the fact that the millennials are allowing their children's personality to come through. Yeah. 
instead of saying this is what you are. Right. Um, so, yes, I do understand that everything is not for everybody. I do respect and appreciate the fact that if you know this is who you are, you like to dance and wind down to the ground, which... You know, because I couldn't do it, I always, I'm always so fascinating with people that could. <laughs> when I go to somewhere and I see a young girl doing her thing, I'm like, oh, God, I wish I could. <laughs> it's working. You know? <laughs> so I really enjoy seeing people being themselves unapologetically. Right. No matter what it is, you know? Um, there's a lot of judgment. If we can just allow people, because people that believe in God, I believe God created everybody. Mm -hmm. So you can hide the fact that you like to curse or you like to dance or right. you like to, you can hide you from hide, him right. because he made you. <laughs> <laughs> he made you. Maybe, maybe he didn't make you to curse, but, the, the, he drops you in the family that curses, that a lot, right? you yeah. know? So that's his design here. Mm -hmm. We're fighting. Right. <laughs> that's actually what I was about to bring up next was like, it, I am a little like, I'm not surprised to hear. I'm not totally surprised to hear your take on that. Mm -hmm. But um, the part that does surprise me a little bit is, and we actually forgot to mention this in the intersectionality portion was, uh, you're religious, mm -hmm. you know, and religious people typically do have a little bit more reserved, like feelings about these sort of things. They mm -hmm. can be a little bit more socially conservative that way. Mm -hmm. um, so it is kind of refreshing to hear that, but it is a little surprising too. <laughs> and I, I do agree. I feel, I feel it's a good thing that, you know, the gender rules are changing this way because like you said, it's, it's just, there's more freedom. Um, and I think it's an impact. These things, they can be a little crude sometimes, right? They can be a bit much sometimes, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it is empowering that they have the ability to do these things and are getting like support from, from society. Yeah. Um, because 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever, like, working on TV. I remember there was a show, uh, award show where Janet Jackson, um, Timberland was dancing with oh, Janet. Timberland. They said it was the a Super Bowl. Yes, the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. and the TV flew the, out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! They talk about this thing for years, <laughs> for years. And then you know what your father's take on it. And what, I think what, that's who helped me to, you know, relax, okay. breathe. It's okay. What, how, yeah, how do you feel about it? <laughs> Initially, I said, I thought it was an accident. I'm like, okay. oh, my God. Yeah. But he sat there and says, oh, my God, what? Your act like this is the first time you see a TD. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, on national TV? He says, please. Everybody on national TV have seen titties before. Why are you so shy? <laughs> so I think he's, he, he plays a very big part on me being a little more liberal. Yeah. So yeah. he kind of balances my father's strictness right. 
with the opposite way. Yes. <laughs> and then my desire to want to experience and watch people be themselves. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, um, when like you have a daughter, mm-hmm. so when you were raising Maya, how much of like your father's, you know, habits and um, just how much of his ways do you think you kind of brought with you in your parenting style when it came to, when it came to raising a, a daughter and who's going to have some sexuality and you know all that stuff? I think I bought everything for my father. Really? Yes, so you, I did. <laughs> that's surprising. I I did bring it. Even unconsciously. Of course, right. Of course. Um, But I think Maya raised me too. Okay. (laughs) She raised me because um, I remember she was no more than 16. Mm -hmm. And she put on this crack top and this short shorts. And I said, you're not going out. No. Yes. I said, you're not going out like this, are you? She said, yes. I said, the way you dress is who you are going to attract into your life and bring all this attention. He says, mommy, nobody's thinking about me, first of all. I said, that's what you think. She said, and besides, that's not my problem. If they have issues with looking at my legs, I can't control that. That person has to work on themselves for being freaky. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what she said? She said, that has nothing to do with me. I'm doing me. That's what I want to wear. That's what I'm going to wear. Good job, Maya. (laughs) You know, my father wouldn't even... I wouldn't be able to even talk. Right, of course. But the fact that I'm allow her to express herself with me, Mm -hmm. I had to sit back and... It hit me like a ton but of weight. I think also the difference is, you know, you've been in that position before. Like, your dad has never been in that position. Yeah. And you've been in that position before. So you can kind of relate to her a little bit more. Right. Um, and I'm sure, like, uh, the reason I'm surprised to hear you say that you bought all of this stuff is because you've been in that position before. Mm-hmm. So I figure, like, you know, like with my mom, for example, her parenting style was the exact opposite not the exact opposite of her parents but very different from her parents because of her parents she was like i don't want to be like them i'm gonna go the other direction (laughs) okay and i mean their relationship her relationship with her parents is so different i'm sure (laughs) your relationship with yours but um you just you see that commonly where you if, grab and go what you want. Yeah, you grab yeah. and go what you want. And if there's something, if there, if you felt like your parent was maybe too strict in one area, you'll be too loose in, the, in that area with your kids. A lot of times I feel like that happens. Yeah. Um, okay. That's and I, I, I think it could have been even worse if Michael was like my dad. Okay, yeah. So, I don't know. It, it I think you going through life and you're learning. Some people are not willing to even learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that because people need to evolve. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be stuck back there with my dad's ways. Right. It didn't work. It didn't. And it work. was, uh, and it was a, a time 
thing as well. Like that was a a way of the times. Yeah. That almost doesn't exist anymore. Now I had a chance to sit with your mom the other day, mm-hmm. and here comes Alexis with all her tattoos, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I learned something from her. I'm like. Okay, Dion. How? What do you feel? How do you feel about oh, all these tattoos on Alexis? She said, as soft-spokenly as she could. <laughs> oh, she got some beautiful work done. Yeah. I said, oh my god. Yeah, my mom loves them. <laughs> she loves them. She, my mom loves tattoos. So she I did love. not expect her to say that. And I feel my mom is very different than most of our family because she's kind of like uh my mom's eyeball like she is she it's she's not like even though she had a pretty high like position in the city and all that stuff she is so like against just pop culture so she's almost like a contrarian so Hmm. if, if something is mainstream She's not really about it, even though tattoos are mainstream now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she, she likes to go against the grain a lot. So <laughs> even as a parent, as an adult, whatever, she really likes to go against the grain. So And that gives you guys the freedom to be yourself. It, it really does, yeah. We had a lot, we had a lot of freedom. <laughs> that's, that's how I would say that. And... Um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I'm a little surprised we turned out the way we did with the amount of freedom that we had. But I guess there's something to say about that. Yes. Um. Yes. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> especially like, especially in the neighborhoods that we lived in, because we didn't necessarily live in the greatest. We could have easily went left. But I guess those early years really mattered a lot. It does. All right. Does. Um, <laughs> do you believe that? the traditional gender roles um, in relationships, do, do you believe those roles matter? Like the tr- traditional roles, do you think they need to exist or do you think it can it can be whatever? It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Um, Let me ask you this. Do you think the traditional gender roles are beneficial to a relationship? Some of them could be. Okay. Some of them could be because I refuse personally to put the trash out. Okay. So. <laughs> so does everybody else around. In so this house, right? Yeah. And, and unfortunately, we do pick and choose what we want to be yeah. genderfied with. Right. <laughs> but again, that's the human. We have to look at it. I have friends. Let me give you an example. My mother came over. Um. And says, Maya, why don't you come to the kitchen? Mm-hmm. They all were watching TV. Why don't you come to the kitchen so you can learn how to cook? And Maya looked around her. <laughs> so you see all these people. And <laughs> says, so Jamal and I say, I don't need to learn how to cook. <laughs> no, but you're a lady. And when you get married, you're going to have a family. And you're going to have to take care of your family. Mm-hmm. She said, Grandma. When I get married, we're going to have a family. We're going to have to take care of them. Mm-hmm. And first of all, I don't even want children. So we're not going to have a family. He's going to take care of himself. I want to take care of myself. <laughs> so like I said, I learned a lot yeah. from this child of mine. She's okay. Playing, she's playing a lot of games here. <laughs> Am 
I didn't know what's good. Oh my God. So I had to unlearn what my mother taught me, mm-hmm. what my family taught me, my and then get into this groove mm-hmm. of okay, all these shenanigans we've been going through. It really doesn't have to be. Right. Because I married my husband right now, who's very untraditional. Mm-hmm. Um, he would be um, a stay-at-home mm-hmm. dad in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. First time in my life I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> so. And he gave birth to him. <laughs> <laughs> He gave birth the to one. Yes, yes. <laughs> and but I wasn't so surprised for uh-huh. Jacob to do it because I'm like, okay, well, right. he is. Mm-hmm. You know, he was raised to do what you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but I would go. I think when I first met Kia, um, she came over and says, "Tonight we're going to the strip club," mm-hmm. and Michael's sitting there. I'm like. He says, would you like some singles? <laughs> I said, something's wrong with you. So we went to the strip clubs, okay? So having a husband like that helped me free myself up of all these expectations mm-hmm. that I had from growing up right. Haitian and Christian and all of the above. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it it's it I have to credit him for that part. Yeah. He but again, you have to always I always had the ability to have an open mind mm-hmm. from the time I was a little kid. I was always so fascinated. I wanted to learn things and look at things from different perspectives. And then I believe because this is who I was, I attract that into my life. Okay. So the way I'm speaking today, you might find a Haitian woman my age who doesn't feel the right. words. You know, you might find a, the Christian ladies at my job at my church who looks at me many times like I'm crazy. But that's that intersectionality <laughs> right there. there. That where that's that's exactly yeah. what we're talking about. The different, all the different sort of levels of intersectionality come together, and that's what makes us different from each person or in each group. Exactly. Um, and the, the beauty on, of it, you should be, I, I'm glad I'm able to maneuver my way through yeah. them. Mm. Interchangeably. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's, um, where was I? I was going to go next. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll wait a second before we get there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like with the traditional gender roles, Honestly, I don't think they I don't think they're necessarily beneficial. Like not saying that they're bad, but especially today when you have the whole, you know, uh, the whole labor structure basically change, you know, uh, where women they I guess they they've they've already surpassed men in education. They're starting to catch up and you know, as earners and are surely going to pass them. As, Slowly but truly. Yeah, they, they will they will pass us because uh, it's not like, you know, it's not factories and stuff now. It's, America is service industry. So mm-hmm. um, 
gender doesn't really do you matter. really think that you we will women would surpass your the wage gap um i so i do there's two different elements of the wage gap there's part of the 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 part where you know women don't make as much as guys for the same jobs that they do mm-hmm. and then there's there aren't as many women in the workforce or in the labor force as guys or they don't get the same positions so i can't really say much i can't say much about you know well i can't say that women will necessarily make the same amount as guys doing the same job because that's a societal issue that has to change um and (laughs) hopefully it does of course but well does it have to be because what we are looking is for justice. So it I agree. Be fair. I agree. And that's a very unfair thing. It's not fair. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to get more money than you. But mm-hmm. I, what I want is if we in the same position, it we get paid equal. the same. I, totally I don't agree. have to go over you, but it, it needs to equalize. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say... And like I said, I totally agree, but I'm not sure if society will necessarily fix that issue. Where I do think women will absolutely surpass men is in the amount of women who have high positions or the amount of women in the workforce. I think, you know, they've like I said, they've already they're women are more educated than men today. They are. And that's equally with the black and white. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, across the board. Across the board. Is I, I believe that men will fight till the end of time to make sure. Don't be surprised if the gap drop and then men just pick up again mm-hmm. because you guys are very competitive. That's true. When it's done, when it dawns on you that you're losing ground. <laughs> That's true. It's interesting to see how it's going to go down because I know you guys are not going to sit back and let it happen. Mm-hmm. Come on now. I, I I agree with you. I yeah. think we, and it's, it's a little messed up, but I think you're right. And that's, that's why I said, even though I obviously think it should change, um, the, 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 the aspect where a man and a woman working the same job, a man still makes more that's going to be the last thing. That's going to be the last part to change. I think women will, you know, start flooding into the higher positions. I think they're going to take over. I think they're going to, there will be more women in the workforce eventually. But the last thing to change will be um, the comparison on similar jobs. Um, okay, yeah. But I think part, like, with me growing up, like, um, you know, my mom working as high in the city and just like she, I believe, I think she earned more than my dad most of the time growing up, but also just her being, you know, her being such high position and being super professional and all that stuff. Um, we kind of had a different view on gender roles anyway. And like you mentioned with my dad, like he's, he's different. So I had two parents that didn't fit like traditional uh, gender roles. Mm-hmm. So we, my, we never, 
really had that like inclination or and we expected to not necessarily fulfill that anyway like I always knew growing up it's I, I, I and I'm a person who does like to you know I like to spend money if I go out on dates I like to do a lavish date really more for me that's just what I like to do so I do like to get things or, or buy things and and be uh given in that way but even still like if i if i get into a relation a serious relationship i am not going to try to fit traditional <laughs> gender role like it's, it's <laughs> really gonna not. be whatever it's works gonna be right, whatever right so let me ask you this since we did get into the the labor force and the, and the money aspect do you think that you think that men are going to struggle with the new dynamic of you know, women being the breadwinners in a lot of households? They've been struggling with, with it. it. Yeah. Yes, they have. The minute you make more money, again, let me make it clear, not for Michael Wilson, because I've gone up right, and he's the same man that he was than when he was up. Right. Or, you know... Let me let me add this but aspect. Into a typical it. man. Okay. Let me has. ask. Let me add this aspect into it. Mm-hmm. So, I think, and you say men have been struggling with it, which I agree. Like this is this is something that's happening more often because it's changing right now, mm-hmm. right? But I think it's still right now. You're as a guy, you're still kind of expected to be the breadwinner to some degree, right? So, if it got to the point where women are so overwhelmingly making more, then, and that expectation changed, do you think men would still struggle with it? Like, because now you're not necessarily, you get into a relationship, nobody, you might, nobody's really going to be looking at you weird. Or think twice if, you know, the woman makes more or whatever. Or if you're a stay-at-home dad or whatever. It'll just be kind of normal. Do you think in that situation, guys will still struggle with it? Or you talked about our competitive nature and things like that. I, I think so. I think it's, in first of all, in every on every level of every relationship, there's a yin and a yang. Yeah. We constantly, constantly looking at what the partner's doing, yeah. how you handling it. Even we hold each other accountable for our emotions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our own personal emotion, we hold each other mm. accountable. You should have been more sensitive. You should have, oh. you know, it's always going to be. Yeah. Okay. You know? Uh-huh. So the, the key to dealing with it is to be as honest, um, what is my, the, the other day I said, this is becoming my favorite word. What was the word? It was, ah, oh, let me think, uh, it's going to come to me. Okay. Uh, you know who talks about it? Vulnerability. Oh, vulnerable. You have to mm-hmm. be able, and it takes courage yeah. to be vulnerable. Yeah, I agree. We can do a whole segment <laughs> off of this. Well, this is a good opening uh-huh. for all our subjects to come. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
I think, yeah, vulnerability needs its own episode. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But so so far we have two: courage, mm-hmm. vulnerability. Yeah, and I think they kind of you know they're they're one and one. They kind of yeah. like go with each other, and it's funny because you know people look at if you're to witness a person being vulnerable, you don't always associate it with courage. You know what I'm saying? You might associate it with obviously you might say oh. Like, if a person is, like, you know, crying or something in front of people, like, they'll say, oh, he's, like, that person is weak or a wimp or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's just vulnerability. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I think my sister, my, Melissa, Melissa mm-hmm. and I were talking. I don't know what we were talking about. He says, for the first time, you know, since Mina passed, he says, for the first time in 25 years or 20-something years that they've been... 30 years? They have kids that are 27, right? Right. So in the first time in 30 years that I've seen Sean that drop it. cry. <laughs> oh. I said, well, I have yet to see mine. What? Drop it oh, my goodness. We need to allow men to... And I'm guilty of it. Okay. Because I come from a line of men that are very macho. So I've never seen them cry. Um, To a point where I'm scared to see it it because (laughs) it will freak me out. (laughs) Having said that, it wasn't until I said it out loud to someone, I said, but that's not fair to them. It shouldn't freak me out. Well, I mean... If you haven't seen it, it's it's going. You know, if you're not used to it or haven't, we haven't. But it maybe it's because it's just, we're not open to it. Like right. my husband, right? Because I'm not open to it. Right. He doesn't know if he could. Right. <laughs> Should I tell him you can cry? I mean, I know you're hurting. Yeah, it will, I feel like that would be beneficial, but it's not going to necessarily like. Make it happen. Make it happen, right. Because when we first got the news that his mom passed, Mm -hmm. we went to the place, come back, and then he went into the shower. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting on the bed. Oh, I was so angry because, you know, she was getting better. And I'm like, oh, my God, I was crying so hard. First of all, at first I'm like, we can we he needs to see how angry I am. Right. That's not right. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, he might be in the shower crying. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. And then he comes out first stupid things that comes out of my mouth. Were you crying? <laughs> Wait, he what? says no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to allow So you do you feel like he it was a defensive reaction? Like his no, or do you think it was just like a? I think casual? so, but you know what? I I welcomed it because, right. like I said, I don't know how I wouldn't right. know what to do with it. Right. So. If there's any the elephant where you is in the room, right? Right. <laughs> this is your time to let this, it out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's the water. Right. But it's so hard. It is very very hard for human being to connect. 
on every different level, layers, emotion. Yeah. It, it's so hard. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what makes it worth all the while. Mm. I, I think people that want to stay single, capped out. Capped out? Mm-hmm. What, what do you mean? People who want... Some people say, I'm good with a dog. Okay. Well, the dog don't talk back. Right. <laughs> the dog don't challenge you. Right. When you live with yourself in all your glory of singleness, okay. you're not challenged. It's fair. A relationship will challenge will, your, who yes. you are, how you are. But let me ask you this. Do you think some people are just better single? Like, that's, that is... That's a coward thing to say. It's a what? Very cowardly. Yeah, You're but... approaching life in a cowardly way. That's, that's fair. But what if you're the type of person that... It's just, like, you might have friends or whatever. You, you still have relationships, but maybe you're the type of person who doesn't live well with other people. You know what I'm saying? Like, There's no such thing. If that's the case, you need to go deep. Because okay. we're not wired to live alone, to be alone. I agree. When everybody, at one point or another, mm-hmm. crave companionship. I, I also agree with that. I think people do crave companionship and people do need other people. But I think as far as, you know, living with someone or or always having someone with you, there are some people who are intolerable. But it's not it's not necessarily having someone always with you. Mm -hmm. This is what it is. And I can always I can only go to my relationship. I love him to death. I have to be able to say, okay, you watch TV since I've come here. Get out of yourself, put my show on. Mm -hmm. It takes strength to do that. He can choose to say, okay, let me finish this. Mm -hmm. Some days he ignores me like he didn't hear what I said. (laughs) Some days out of the blue, he would put the TV on. So the yin and yang again comes, okay, am I going to continue to let her tell me what to do? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to be the loving husband and change it and put it for her? Mm-hmm. So some days he feels like it, he does it. Right. At least me saying it make him aware of his selfishness. Right. Then right. so you can see him trying. Yeah. When I reach that part where I see his sensitivity come through and he does things to please me, yeah. give me high five. We won. We we did. <laughs> we grew an inch, you know. Yeah. So if I'm sitting in that house, nobody has that remote control, but me. I watch what I want when I want to. Right. There's no challenge. There's nobody to tell me differently. But that can be a nice life. You get out. It's not you a get out challenging life. I agree. It's not challenging life. But a challenge always the recipe for a great life. It gives you. There's there's gonna be a time when you get into your life, mm-hmm. where you like, 
you feel so fulfilled. Yeah. This is why people celebrate 50 years of togetherness. Right. Because every day you have to work on a milestone. Mm -hmm. It gives your life purpose to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. You know? Do I have him? I always say he provides something that nobody in my family could provide for me. Mm. His solidity He's grounding. He's grounded. Yeah. He's not moving. <laughs> this is who he is at all times. Right. When I because my parents split, I'm always like this. Mm -hmm. So to have ground to lean on, stable. Oh my God! Yeah. It does some things <laughs> for me. So knowing that. In that relationship that I, which is exactly what I needed, mm -hmm. because I didn't have it all my life, okay. um, I can go away. As you know, I'm allowed to go. Some people are not allowed to travel yeah. alone, <laughs> vacation alone. I can go to the end of time. Mm -hmm. I know Michael Wilson will be right there. Yeah. Because. I don't know. I, he never said it, really, mm -hmm. to say, oh, I'm always going to be here waiting for you. He right. never said that. Right. But I know it right. somehow. <laughs> so this is the challenge. Yes, you can still be your individual person. I go on vacation with my friends. Mm -hmm. He never really questioned. I'm, I'm going to New York. I go to New York by myself a lot to mm -hmm. visit my family and hang out with my friends. I have a friend who's graduating in Orlando. I'm going yeah. to Orlando. And, and it's okay. Right. I'm still my individual person. Yeah. Some people not, are not. Uh, yeah, I I was in a relationship where the person I was dating said, we are one. <laughs> <laughs> and I, we got into an argument because I was like, that's not, that's not the case. It's not how this is working. That's not how this is going to work. And she was like, well, that's what the relationship, we got into an argument about it. <laughs> that's what the relationship is. Yada, yada, yada. There shouldn't be any secrets. You should know everything. I'm like, no, no, you shouldn't necessarily know everything. It's a lot, but not necessarily everything. Um, but I do, okay, I do like, uh, I do like your perspective on that. Yeah, you can be an individual. You can be. And what it, what, what's going to give you that? Even this girlfriend that thinks that you become one mm -hmm. in dating phase. God yeah, knows. Yeah, in dating, yeah. In dating, you become one. She has some work to do in herself. Mm -hmm. She needs to find that individual. What do you like? Because what you like doesn't necessarily mean... My husband stays in the baseball field, right. and I could care less right. about baseball. Mm -hmm. He's his person. I, I have to be able to fulfill what I want fulfilled. He needs to be able to fulfill what he wants fulfilled. Right. Um, and come together and still enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Okay. That's going to, listen, we're going to move into, well, second to last segment here. But a smooth transition is... Marriage outdated. Never. 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 Okay. Never. And 
it's not necessarily marriage where you have to go to the church and Mm -hmm. Do the vows. That's always a choice. That's always something nice to bring your family to witness your love and mm -hmm. declare to the whole world that this is what this is who you're gonna spend your life with. Right. It's beautiful. It's always encouraged. Mm -hmm. Um, because that brings blessing. A lot of get well wishes, and God knows you up for wood, and you need all the blessings you can get mm -hmm. to get started. Um, marriage doesn't necessarily mean that. I believe in the, and then here's my spiritual woe and God relationship perspective. Marriage started in the Bible. I think they say that when two people decide, when two people have sex is when you're married. Okay. Oh, married to a lot of people. <laughs> this is why they say sex That's shouldn't in the Bible? be likely. I believe so. Okay. I, I, we can research it and clear it the next time we okay. come around. <laughs> but I believe that's when it is because the high priest's blessing became later. Okay. It used to be something, okay, two people come together, they like each other. Mm -hmm. And they, there wasn't no ceremony. They was just married and started having children. Right. So, and of course, is marriage. Okay. According to God's word, okay. I believe. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, God created us and we are creators too. And we, we have feelings and we start wanting people to, and we start making rules mm -hmm. and... Say, okay, we can't just do that anymore because, of course, the man wanted to have this wife here, this wife there, this <laughs> wife. So it gets real sloppy real quickly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. So they had to put some rules together and say, this is what marriage is with, the, mm -hmm. with a piece of, with a ceremony or something. Um, Let me ask you this. Um, to a point where before sex, the high priest has to bless the union. That's right. what this. Okay. That's what. That's where it came from. Okay. Before you, if you know you really like so and so, before you, you gotta get you gotta get it blessed. Right. Yes. Okay. L let me ask you this, um, because you said never when I should marriage outdated. Mm -hmm. um, do you think? Because I feel like you know we're living in a time where. Marriage is a little bit more equal, you know, for both parties. I believe that up until maybe 150 years ago, marriage was a really bad deal for women, especially. Um, because, I mean, they basically, the husband was like the parent. Was like the parent, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and there were a lot of restrictions on, because of, how uh, how strict the gender roles were, what was expected of a wife and all this stuff, and the consequences if she didn't meet those expectations were really harsh. Not even close to the same thing went for the husband or the guy. So I would say maybe up until 150 years ago, and that's probably being nice, yeah. um, marriage was a really raw deal for women. And do you think... Even through all of that, would you still stick to, you know, 
that marriage is, is a good thing or worth it? It is. It, it was, it is, and mm -hmm. I think because there's so many loose ends in marriage, mm -hmm. that's why a lot of bad things happen. Okay. Um, when we start devaluing the union between mm -hmm. two people, our children decline. Okay. Because... If one person could have had kids by themselves and raised them by themselves and do it all by themselves, mm -hmm. I don't believe our creator would create. It wouldn't would put sense, two people right? together right. to do this. <laughs> that does make sense. You know, it, 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 it's supposed to be between two people. Okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's hard work. Mm -hmm. It's hard work. So you look at marriage from the... You look at marriage seemingly based off of children. Right, the idea that there will be children involved. And the, the growth that takes place between the two of us. Okay. Because even between your parents, even when the husband was like a parent, mm -hmm. there's still growth between our connection and right. our connection. There's still bonding. There's still... You know what I'm. You right, know what I mean. Course, yeah. You, if you have a total jerk that wants to abuse you, it's one thing. Mm -hmm. But if you have a man who they tell them they have to have the upper hand, they have to be in power, mm -hmm. and manage their home, they approach it as this is I'm doing my job. Yeah. They still love their right. wife. Right. They still love the kids. They still want to go out there and work and and make a comfortable life for them. You're gonna say what I want. To, you're gonna do what I want you to do, but I'm still taking care right, of you. Right, in a loving way. That's just kind of what the roles were. So yes, we're fulfilling the roles. Mm -hmm. I got you. So the, I mean, when I ask that question, that's kind of where I come from. I actually add in, is marriage a bad deal for men now? But um, if the first part, yeah, obviously, you know. You don't feel the same with that one. Um, so uh, I think, I mean, I think we, I think that's pretty much it. We got through it. We do have a closing segment. Um, and this was something fantastic that you came up with. And that's what advice would you give to your younger self? And I think you wanted to pose this to kind of everyone. You wanted everyone to ask themselves this. And I think that would surely be beneficial, but what, what advice would you give to your younger self? We have to ask ourselves this question on a regular, on every level, in every aspect of our lives mm -hmm. because it forces you to look at where you come from mm -hmm. and where you're at. You can see the evolution going through. Mm -hmm. Um, your entire life can flash in front of your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to answer that question. We don't answer it enough. The advice that I would give myself, my younger self, as far as relationship is concerned, was to take your time. Mm -hmm. Relax. Know who you are. Mm -hmm. Know what you want before you move on to serious relationship with people. 
I would advise myself to work on me for a long time. Yeah. Before I do what I did. Okay. That's great advice. Um, for me, I think uh, the advice that I would have for myself would be to probably honestly and this is going to sound crazy but probably to get into trouble more because i was like um honestly i didn't have a lot of experience getting in trouble and i think <laughs> when you when you grow up like that i had i had a, a great respect for authority my mom was like serious <laughs> authoritative <laughs> figure so I did not ever want to get in trouble. And I would do, you know, every once in a while, I would kind of do something that might get me in trouble or something sneaky or something like that. But for the most part, I avoided getting in trouble as much as possible. Um, but I think people who do get in trouble, they learn um, they learn how to deal with like getting in trouble and things like that. Um, and those people, they tend to not care as much about you know, what people think or, you know, things of that nature. So I would say, you know, get into trouble a little bit more. You, you'll you probably learn some more about yourself. And, well, this is for me. This isn't for everybody. Mm -hmm. If you're getting into trouble a lot, <laughs> you don't need to be getting into trouble. In, but for me particularly, trouble. <laughs> yeah, for me particularly, I think I could have benefited from getting into trouble a little bit more. Um well, that's it. That's, that's it, it for uh, episode one. Episode one. That it was, was fun. A it was great episode. Yes. We went an hour and a half. Wow. <laughs> we had a lot to talk about. Um, so thank you for uh, joining us. Thank there you will be for more. having me. Hopefully we will we'll get better with our uh, speech and things like that. Our time. But, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, guys.